You're listening to the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast with Joris Brion. Hey, this is Joris of the E-Commerce Excellence Podcast. And today I'm really excited to talk to Tom de Bond. Um, Tom has led the e-commerce activities of some big Belgian and international e-commerce brands uh, such as uh, AS Adventure, Cotswold Outdoor, Zep, and uh, now he is the Director IT and Digital at Overstock and X2O. Um, if you don't know them, those are two big retail companies in Belgium. Um, anyway, with all this know-how and all this experience, I'm sure it's going to be a very interesting episode. Uh, Tom, welcome to the e-commerce excellence podcast. Super happy to have you here. Hi, Oris. Thanks for the introduction. Cool. Um, yeah, I already told a bit about you in the introduction, but um, can you tell a bit more about your background, where you come from in your career, so um, that people can understand a bit more about you? How did you end up in e-commerce? Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. It's, it's not... Uh, a typical uh, um, way of, of my, my career I did. Um, I started my career uh, in the army mm-hmm. uh, where I studied uh, IT. Um, it was very old school IT because I, I had Token Ring, which was the first uh, network uh, technology they had in the Belgian army at that time. And it's a very old school and very old uh, technology. So that was my first introduction uh, with, with technology. Uh, in fact. After that, I started uh, in, in two companies which were mainly focusing on software development. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also had an infrastructure uh, department. And I was a um, consultant in those infrastructure uh, departments, um, setting up servers, uh, networks, firewalls, and all those kind of things. Um, and after a while, I decided uh, uh, I wanted to be in the business instead of working for multiple businesses. Um, and I decided to uh, start working for AS Adventure, which was the first retail experience I had. Um, I started my career there um, as an uh, IT manager um, on, on group level, because uh, back at the time, AS Adventure just recently did their acquisition of uh, Cotswold Outdoor in the UK and uh, Bever in, in Holland the netherlands i should say mm-hmm. um and yes, well, uh, <laughs> I, I, I think yeah, the dutch will uh, will hold it to that absolutely. we'll appreciate this <laughs> yeah absolutely. i was uh, responsible for all the infrastructure over the three uh, business units um aligning the three it departments uh, to achieve the same infrastructure and setup uh, which was uh, designed by myself uh, then Mm-hmm. Um, but in that role, I was um, closely involved in all the business processes which were optimized um, uh, among the three business units as well. Um, and one important pillar for AS Adventure back at that time was, was e-commerce. Eh? Um, in the UK, it was already a stable market. I'm talking about 2009, 2010. Um, but in Belgium, it was... Um, taking the first steps towards uh, e-commerce in that period. Because I was really interested in, 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 one, A, the technology, and B, uh, the marketing part around Um, Mm e-commerce. I joined all the meetings from an IT uh, point of view. Uh, But my uh, boss at that time, uh, Peter de Metz, 
for whom I'm working uh, right now again. And myself uh, had a big conversation about uh, my role and where I wanted to go in in my career path. Uh, and uh, we both decided that that e-commerce could be a good option for myself mm-hmm. to get to know more about the business, more about the business model of e-commerce, uh, delivery processes, the marketing around it, and also supported, of course, by the technology. So I started back at that time, and I think it was 2011. Uh, I started as the e-commerce manager for AS Adventure, but for the international um, scale-up, in fact, eh? because they were already in Belgium on the market. But the brand AS Adventure, which was only in Bel- Belgium, had decided back at that time to um, to grow via e-commerce uh, in in the neighbor countries, so um, yeah. UK, Netherlands, France, Germany, uh, and Luxembourg were my my focus uh, markets. Um, so I built a team there. I set up the the sites, implemented the the correct payment methods, and off we we went. Uh, so that were my first steps in e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, um, I decided to become an independent consultant. Uh, and my first big project was uh, Zep. Zep is mm-hmm. a fashion retailer with now um, around 100 stores in Belgium, um, divided over multiple brands. Um, and I became the e-commerce manager there. They had done e-commerce for two years, but in figures, it was two times nothing when I started. Uh, and I brought it up to a, a, a six-digit uh, uh, figure in five years' time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was quite an uh, an interesting project because uh, I started there with, with two people in my team. And I grew it... Uh, I think when I left, there were 12 or 13 people. So uh, a real big uh, growth each year, uh, double-digit growth. So, yeah, that, that was the the, the Zap e-commerce uh, project mm-hmm. where I met you, Ayoris. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. Think, that's where we met a couple of years ago. I think ago, that's right? where we met. Yeah. yeah. When when there was a little bit of stability in, in, um, in the conversion rates, we decided to... Uh, to do conversion optimization uh, together with you. Yeah, absolutely. It was uh, fun uh, working together at that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, after Zep, I've done some several um, independent projects uh, going from technology implementation uh, within a big fashion uh, uh, 3PL player in Belgium, um, mm-hmm. Belgian Holland, Netherlands, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, which is called Blackman, um, mm-hmm. and I've invented, quote, quote, uh, a solution for their return process. Okay. Because they had no system for, for the return process in their, in their e-commerce uh, delivery. Uh, we decided to build a system from scratch. So okay. I, I was the, the project lead uh, for that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then a few years late, later, I did the second p- project for them uh, and designed the, a microservices architecture um, to support their transport management systems because 
because of the growth of e-commerce, it became more and more important for them to have local heroes, they call it, and mm -hmm. the right carrier in the right area in a certain country. And to embed them into the websites of the customers, we had the idea to, uh, to create a platform where customers could just plug in and have all the local heroes available for their brand. Okay, cool. So that's something that which which I have designed and, and uh, conceptually thought uh, about together with the business. And that was um, right before you went to Overstock and X2O or any projects? To, uh, to... Yes, the design of the architecture was this year. Yeah, correct. Okay, all right. Yeah. Um, and, then, so, and then... No, no, no. We're just, uh, just thinking about Overstock and, and X2O. So that's the next step then. Um, and yeah. what's your role? What's your role there right now? So Peter Demetz from AS Adventure, eh? he called mm -hmm. me uh, beginning of this year, um, and he told me, "Well, I'm, I now work for uh, X2O and Overstock." Mm -hmm. uh, and um, to say it in a not too polite way, um, I have a bit of legacy uh, and dinosaurs in the organization uh, yeah. and we need to move forward and it's impossible with this dinosaur so there are a yeah. lot of legacy systems here um, and we are now focusing on the on, on two main areas in fact uh, measuring is knowing eh? uh, mm -hmm. so we're building up a, a data warehouse to have uh, all one version of the truth Mm -hmm. and and to have our kpis available through one single platform for uh, over the business units so the retail concepts uh, x2o and overstock and secondary we're going to um, replace all the uh, systems that are involved in the customer journey so all the sales uh, tools will be replaced uh, mm -hmm. e-commerce will be replaced uh, the point of sale system will be replaced and and we will also implement the marketing automation tool. Those those are the three main goals for for next year. Uh, mm -hmm. And my role is to coordinate it and to just do it. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a, a big responsibility and a, and, a, and a big project. Um, so you have a bit of a mix of experience uh, between like pure uh, online players and the classical bricks and mortar retailers that also have an online presence um in your opinion what's the, the difference between those two types of companies when it comes to e-commerce is it a different mentality different processes it, it all starts with with mentality and strategy and of course you need to understand the business model of e-commerce uh, mm -hmm. before you can make a decision as a brand what you want to do about what do you want to do mm -hmm. with e-commerce as I see it, of course, it's still a growing market and it will become more and more important over the next few years. But still for a retailer, um, which started with physical stores and, and physical outlets, I see it as a marketing tool, mm -hmm. as an extended showroom for your retail brand. Eh? We, we can definitely see, and I did, did, did those testings and measurements uh, within Zep, is that a consumer is orienting himself first online and then buying in store. It's a traffic generator for your stores. Um, it shows your products and your assortment. And it is key that you have it in your branding strategy and that you, you make it available towards your customers. Mm -hmm. But in a physical um, store concept, 
I've, I've worked in many uh, who have both online and, and offline, the brick and mortars are still generating most of the revenue. Yeah, um, so, I had an, an interesting chat about that with uh, Matthias Lacour as well, uh, uh, <laughs> the, the mm-hmm. other podcast, um, uh, where we talk about the Ropo, so the research online and purchase offline. And I think there's still a lot of people who underestimate it. And we're all in the digital marketing sphere, we're all towards the online part of things, but the offline part of things is, is especially for. Um, yeah, retailers to have the bricks and mortar stores is still so important, and we underestimate that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And and if you measure that and you can attribute the value correctly in in your total marketing attribution attribution model, mm-hmm. um, uh, then you're doing the right stuff, and then you can uh, interact on the right medium at the right time with your customers. Right. Yeah. That uh, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, and oh yeah, no, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to say that for the product that we are doing with Overstock and X2O, and those are investment goods, uh, which mm-hmm. you don't buy very frequently. So we don't have um, many recurring customers. Uh, so we, we are more focusing on, on the customer journey before the buy uh, period. So it's it's more focusing on the to, on the pre-sales phase yeah. yeah right so the several touch points that lead up to the to the first purchase to, actually absolutely and those investment goods are especially the the big ones are uh in, in the bathrooms mm-hmm. they are not um, bought online very frequently because people want to see it, want to touch it, um, want to see the, the real um, dimensions of the product. So it's typical a product that you buy in line, uh, buy mm-hmm. in store. But mm-hmm. as you said, the the, the Ropos has a very very big value for us. Yeah. So a lot of your marketing is about generating that foot traffic, so people getting people to the store, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the long tail is not so important for us. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's interesting. I, I think we, well, I at least because I'm I'm working on online all the time and on the e-commerce part, I tend to, again, overestimate sometimes the, the impact of, of the online transaction, but it's it's normal because like Overstock X2, X2O, it's, it's, yeah, big items, uh, as you said, investment items, stuff that you want to touch and feel and, and try out maybe before uh, you actually uh, you know, buy them. And that that's hard. Uh, yeah, that's hard online, of course. So you have to uh, basically get people uh, to the stores. So um, maybe one question. So you've, you've worked in so many so many companies and for so many uh, e-commerce uh, brands and both uh, pure online and, and, and retail. Um, what what do you believe are the, the two or three keys to grow an e-commerce business in today's environment? First of all, you need to understand the, the business model behind e-commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and that depends, of course, where you want to position the e-commerce uh, in, in, your, in your total uh, business model. Mm-hmm. Uh, for online player, it's it's obvious that the business model is pure e-commerce. So your your delivery uh, process is 
is key in in the excellence of your total e-commerce uh, perception with your customer. Mm-hmm. Um, delivery and service, uh, those are the two key factors for a pure online player. Mm-hmm. Um, for a brick and mortar uh, concept where you also have e-commerce, it depends on where you where you want to position your your e-commerce. Do you want to use it as a branding tool to create traffic in the stores, mm-hmm. um, or do you want to or do you want to uh, make it uh, the biggest channel uh, in your organization? And then it's a different uh, mindset and a different uh, way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. So that's important to be successful in e-commerce. Uh, what, what is successful eh? uh, and how successful do you want to be? Um, if, if the business model, for example, in, in a fashion retailer uh, with bricks and mortars, um, the, the profitability of the e-commerce channel is very, very low, mm-hmm. where be- because the delivery process of the brick and mortar um, uh, retailer is not adapted to the e-commerce process. And that's where many retailers struggle um, in organizing the delivery process and being able to um, to achieve the same goals into the delivery promise uh, as a Zalando or an About You. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I see. Um, so you're saying delivery and service, that's important. Delivery is, is hard for uh, for retail. Uh, well, the, the traditional retail bricks and mortar uh, stores, you have to decide, like, do you want a branding tool or does it have to be the, to be the big driver of, of your revenue? Anything else that is important? So that's about understanding the business model. Any other other keys to grow an e-commerce uh, business that are important to you? Yeah, um, relent. Yeah, it's focus on the customer. Uh, you mm-hmm. should always uh, um, test, measure um, what your customer on your website wants to do. Uh, so mm-hmm. we started the process uh, with Zap, uh, Yoris, uh, the conversion yep. optimization. Um, sometimes you see things which you wouldn't expect customers to do, where mm-hmm. you where you run an experiment and you on the forehand say, ah, this is never going to be a, a, a winner. And then all of a sudden it seems that atypically <laughs> customers do it the other way than you expected. So measuring and experimenting is for me also an an important factor to grow your e-commerce yeah (laughs) and i love to hear that of course uh, because that's that's what we are all about and we sometimes have a hard time convincing people of uh, of doing it and of course i know you 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 already do that because we we did that together uh when when you worked Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's it's i i I, yeah I totally agree. Uh, you have to focus on the customer and understand what they're doing and don't always assume that you know. Um, and that's a fun about this testing, isn't it? So you just think like, ah, that's never going to work or yes, that's going to work. And then you're wrong. Because um, yeah. you, you, you can never know for sure. Because um, if you, well, if, if I would know for sure upfront, we, well, A-B testing would not exist. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. what we're doing, right? So Yeah. And also, uh, retesting stuff eh? because um, it might be a winner in in year one, but by year two the market can be um, can be 
different. Your customers can react different because they um, are used to other websites where they shop frequently, um, mm -hmm. which have additional features where a winner of year one can be a loser in year two. So you need to also re dare to retest things and, and not create a, a stable flat organization. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, the thing is that there's, there's never a shortage of, of good test ideas. Uh, so that's not always easy to to test stuff again, but sometimes it definitely makes uh, sense to uh, test something again, because as you said, um, the customers change, the market changes, competitors do, do start doing things differently and customers get used to that way of, of working. And um, yeah, then, your old solution to a problem that you tested and worked out maybe a year ago or two years ago may not be that big winner anymore. It might be a loser. Yeah, absolutely interesting. Um, so we have like understand your business model, focus on the customer, test everything. Any other things that are important to grow your e-commerce business? Continuous look, look for optimizations in everything you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's a never finished work. Mm -hmm. And and you mean uh, uh, the business as a whole, I can imagine, and, and not just because we tend to look at it from a marketing point of view or an, uh, an Oh, no, the business in its total. Eh? Yeah. 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 It never yeah. stops. So. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and you can always you can always keep tweaking and sometimes small tweaks can uh, can have a well, make a big difference, right? Huge impact, eh? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And absolutely. it depends on, on what KPI it has an impact because increasing the conversion rate with 0.1% can have a huge impact on your turnover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's seemingly very, very small, uh, but at the end of the day, when you you know, look at that, your total revenue, it, it, it has a, it has a huge impact. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about impact here. And uh, when you look back at companies you worked for, um, what would you say was the one thing that made the biggest impact or a few things that you say like, oh, we did this at that company that had a huge impact or we did this. And of course you've done so many things, uh, both marketing and, but also infrastructurally and, and processes. Um, is there anything that stands out? Back at my time at Zap, um, mm -hmm. changing our delivery from um, our from our own warehouse to a 3PL who did the job for us had a uh -huh. huge impact on our growth. Okay, how Because so? we all of a sudden could make it possible to, to deliver on time and to deliver uh, um, next day. Mm -hmm. um, so our delivery promise also changed because of our, our move towards our 3PL. And that's when I started to understand that the, the delivery process in e-commerce is, is very, very important. Okay. It also so reduces it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. it also reduces your your customer service requests eh? mm -hmm. because most of the customer service requests are post sale. Um, mm -hmm. Where is my package? When will it be delivered? Uh, there's something uh, wrong in my parcel. Uh, all those uh, customer service things can be reduced by optimizing your delivery process. Mm -hmm. So I, I so could never have. have thought about the impact of the delivery process on, on the model. Uh -huh. Yeah, this, by actually changing this, that you understood how, uh, how big an impact that could have. How important it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, 
did you shave off a couple of days in terms of delivery or what was the exact advantage of uh, switching from your own storehouse to the or warehouse to the 3PL? Well, we delivered at two to three days uh, mm -hmm. beforehand and all of a sudden we could do a, a cutoff time of eight o'clock uh, and have delivery next day. Okay. And yeah, and, yeah that had a bit, that made a big impact. Yeah, both in, in, in your promise upfront so maybe people convert more easily when they see oh i'm already going to have it next day uh, but also in terms of customer yeah. happiness I, I can imagine yeah um yeah did correct you, did you see an impact on returns from that as well or no not, not in the fashion no mm -hmm. um no. well it it did have a slight impact on returns because the quality and uh, of the goods in the mm -hmm. parcel were better, eh? so uh, it, it, it was um, more accurate. Um, mm -hmm. So that reduced a bit of the of the number of returns, but be, because we at that time we really had a boost in in number of transactions, yeah, the the, the absolute volume of those returns uh, increased as well. So it's difficult yeah. to isolate that as a. Okay. Yeah, I see. Um, but uh, I, I like the fact that you also mentioned that it reduces uh, the customer service request because uh, there's a, a big win there, of course, as well. And it's probably not the the win you were well going after, but uh, it's a, it's a nice uh, side effect of that. Yeah. Um, so one of the, of the questions I, I like to ask in the podcast is uh, what's the biggest mistake you made? I know it's a difficult one. I make so many I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> um, maybe my biggest mistake always is that I'm uh, not doing enough PR um, mm -hmm. around e-commerce. Um, I started in, in every business mainly when it was uh, uh, a little thing. <laughs> um, mm -hmm where people didn't watch what it was doing um so i never did a lot of pr so and all of a sudden you're the biggest store um you're a, a, a decent part of the of the total turnover of the retail company and then people start to watch you and uh look into your direction and start to give comments um but of course they don't know the background of what you all have done to get there right um and and that's maybe my biggest mistake uh, i made in the past okay no that's an interesting one and uh, with pr you mean internal pr right so letting yeah, the organization correct. know yeah. what you are actually doing uh yeah and i think that's uh uh, that's one of the mistakes I used to make as well. Sometimes in the past, when I when I used to work at, at companies before I started my own company, it was like you just get things done and you make it happen, and then uh, you don't always think about yeah, tooting your own horn and, and making sure that everyone has everyone knows what you've been doing and and the, the successes you got, and then. Uh, I can, especially in a situation where you almost set up an e-commerce from scratch within an organization, you you, you grow it uh, within the organization to an, an important part of of the organization. Uh, that it is important to get everyone on board and and make sure that they know how, what you're doing, what results you are getting, the struggles you're uh, going through as well. Happy, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's one of the, that's one of the lessons I wish I I, I had learned. Uh, 
like in the beginning <laughs> of my career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't teach that stuff uh, at school. So no, no, no. But I, I, for me, it only hit me when I I started working in in some companies where some people and I won't name names, but where some people were more more concerned about their internal PR than actually doing the work. Um, and they, and they yeah, got away with that, it. That's of course the opposite, eh? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's when it hit me, like, oh. Okay, I'm the total opposite, but maybe I should do a little bit more of it because uh, they only do that. <laughs> For the rest, they don't do much, but uh, they get away with it. So it's a, it's all yeah. about perception and and towards not not only towards managers, but I think also towards other departments. Um, they uh, uh, understand what you're doing and know what you know, what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, that's uh, that makes your position within the company. I think. Uh, a lot more comfortable and it also helps you to get things done if you need other people uh, on your project. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, kind of running out of time, but um, maybe just as a last question, what's your number one piece of advice for people um, who want to accelerate their e-commerce growth? Look for continuous improvement okay. and do it quick and, and dare to experiment and encourage failure. Not to fail, but to learn. <laughs> wow, those are wise words, and I can totally uh, stand behind those. That's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's great advice to uh, to finish uh, this interview. Hey, Tom, uh, it's been absolutely great. Uh, we could go on for hours and hours, uh, and uh, but yeah, we're running out of time. I just uh, want to make sure that people know how they can find you, learn more about you, um, uh, maybe connect with you. Where where can they find you uh, online? I think the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. Okay, so we'll uh, put the link uh, to your LinkedIn profile uh, in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for being here, Tom. It's been absolutely great. Yeah, me too. Thank you, Joris. The e-commerce excellence podcast is sponsored by Dexter.agency. We help e-commerce business owners scientifically increase revenue without needing more traffic. Ready to discover a more reliable way to increase conversion and, more importantly, revenue? Register for our free training, The 5 Transformations That Double E-Commerce Profits, at dexter.agency slash webinar.